Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Grace to you and peace from our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Tommy Dome, and this is the St. Basil the Great Catholic Church Brecksville podcast. And we are doing another episode of Radical Community as part of our theme this year. A radical year, getting back to the roots. So I have some members of our parish, longtime members. How long? 30 plus years. 30. Okay, yeah. Longtime members of our parish. And they also serve on parish council and worship commission and have just been involved in so many ways over so many different years. So say hello to Mark and Charlene Niederhelman. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Happy to be here. So it is pretty safe to say that St. Basil the Great Parish is a big part of both of your lives. Yeah. What is there just nothing else going on in the world that you, where you can spend your time or, or what? What's so great about this place? Well, I would say there's a lot that's going on in the world and there's a lot of different things we can do in a lot of places we can be. But, you know, over the past 30 years, we've found uh, St. Basil to be our home away from home. I would say that the, the things that are great about St. Basil Parish, I would say, are, are twofold. Um, number one, the community. The, the community here is just amazing, and we've seen it evolve over the 30 years we've been involved in this parish, and it just keeps getting better and better and better all the time. The second thing that I think is great about the parish is the leadership. So I don't know what, you know, was, was it the chicken or the egg that came first? It's the leadership here at St. Basil that has developed the fantastic community that we have that has us anchored here at St. Basil and anchored here in Brecksville. It's just a great feeling being with the people here, um, no matter what we're doing, whether we're having a party. We did a lot of stuff with the youth, um, the teen group before, fundraising, things like that, planning all those parties, or whether we're in church for an Advent prayer service. Um, It's just... Some of our best friends have come from here, and even though we're not at church all the time, we're still with those same people, and we wouldn't give that up for anything in the world. And we've come to become friends with a lot of the people that served here, a lot of the um, associates, and of course, Father Walt also knew Father Camille prior to that. Mm-hmm. It's just been a fabulous experience, and it's been tough this year because of the pandemic that, you know, we haven't been able to be here as much as we usually are. And it's a it little feeling of emptiness because of that. Mm-hmm. That's what these episodes are about is more and more connections so that we are not divided. So let's say you guys had to move to some other parish elsewhere in the United States or something. You know, what would be something on your trip out there that you would say, you know what St. Basil's has that just has to be at our next parish? And if they don't have it, we're going to start it. First of all, we're not leaving the parish, so let's make that clear. Right. Not kicking us out. Thank you. And we have no desire to leave the parish. However, if that were to happen. I I would say that there are two things that I would want to see in a new parish that I would want to take with me. I think the first thing is youth ministry. We've been fortunate to have raised two children in this parish. And this parish and their involvement in the parish 
has set a very good foundation for them. When I look at where they are today, I'm very proud of them. I'm very proud of the people that they have become, the relationships that they have with others, including their spouses and their children. Mm -hmm. And I think that the youth ministry in this parish served a big portion of the foundation of where they are today. So that's one thing that I would want to see. I think the second thing that I would want to see is an amazing music ministry like we have here. Nancy and Stephanie and the whole music ministry here, I think just adds such beauty to all of the activities here that the music ministry participates in. So you try and get Stephanie and Nancy to come with you to the new parish. Yes, we would. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would load them up ourselves. So Char and I have, as Char said, we're not leaving this parish. And I've told Nancy and Steph, they're not leaving either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have known both of them for I don't know how long. I don't know. However long they've been here. I was here over just ten, a little bit. Over 10 years. And they, yes. Yeah. And when they came. And yeah, where else are you going to find music ministers who are... <laughs> Nancy used to do like a, a dinner for the choirs and she would cook a pot of pasta that's like a little shy of a 55 gallon drum Wow! and just make it for all of them herself. And it's just totally a family and very prayerful. And they pray before they sing and they pray before funerals yeah. for the person who is deceased. It's really beautiful. Knowing, getting to know them and getting to know their hearts and their love for Jesus. And yeah, we are lucky. And then on top of that, just the talent. You know, right, exactly. They're like the great disciples, and then they're <laughs> so talented and good at bringing people in, as many people as possible, into that choir. We've had to remove pews again and again because the choir keeps growing because more and more people want to be a part of it. Right. And, uh, and of course, youth ministry, like you mentioned, Mark, that's certainly special in my heart, too. I was the youth minister here for a decade, and I saw a stat yesterday that said former Catholics, 80% of them left the faith before age 23. That's kind of scary. Yeah. And then there's even a, a big chunk of that 80% who leave before they're 13, which is to me, it's kind of funny. You know, when I listen to Catholic radio sometimes and people will call in and they're not Catholic, but it's funny how non-Catholic people listen to Catholic radio and call in. It's, it's beautiful actually. But the number of people who make a decision that God isn't real or this faith stuff isn't real, they make that decision at age 13, 14. And it's like, how many good decisions did you make when you were 13 and 14? Especially the biggest question in life. Like, is there a God? What is the meaning of life? Is there an afterlife? But don't you think that's somewhat on the parents? I mean, at that again, at that age, why would they be making that decision on their own? You know, I, I know it's hard to wrangle them in sometimes and can't make them do things, but you can certainly have conversations and continue praying. And mm -hmm. it just seems odd. The world is changing though. 13 year olds now are much different than 13 year olds were when our yeah. children were 13. So yeah, once you can Google stuff on your phone, then you learn and you right. think, right. You just think, you know, the answer to everything because right. you can just look it up, but right. there's a lot of experience they haven't had yet. Right. But it's beautiful when, someone, anyone, parents or the parish or ministry or neighbors or friends can try and get people to think about those greatest questions. But uh, let's get back. I'm going off here. Let's get back to our theme. So our theme is Radical Year. This is something we haven't done. You know, a preaching series. 
and trying to wrap all our ministries and focus around a theme, everybody hearing the same homilies uh, over the weekends. So what has been your reactions to that idea and then also the theme in particular about rootedness, back to the roots? Well, I think when you and Father Ryan announced to us at Parish Council that we were going to have a theme going into 2021 and we were going to kick it off in January and that theme was radical year, I thought, please, let's not do anything radical in this church. 2020 has been radical enough. The last thing we need to do is upset the apple cart and do something else radical. But then when Father Ryan explained that the etymology of the word radical is root from the roots, formation of the roots, well, then it all made sense. And I think it's a great theme coming out of 2020, coming into 2021, to let's get back to the roots. Let's go back to the foundation and reestablish that foundation for this year moving forward. So I think it's been a great theme. I like the approach that Father Ryan and the rest of the staff here have taken to introduce the Radical Year, the activities involved with the Radical Year. I think it's just been a fantastic way to kick off 2021. A few of our friends are participating with uh, Deacon Dave in his presentations and have just said wonderful things about it. And I think one was actually posted online. need to go back and listen to that. Awesome. And we plan on having other themes. We're trying to react against uh, the feeling you can have when you come to Mass. And let's say it's just the 16th week in ordinary time. And you have no idea what you're going to hear about. And even the Catholic liturgy itself takes pockets, paragraphs from Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and you're just getting just all this stuff all at once, and there isn't a coherent thread. But one of the purposes of the preaching series is so that you know what you're going to be hearing. Just in general, you know if the theme is going to be forgiveness or rootedness or out of the ashes or whatever, whatever the theme may be. So look that, forward to more. That would be great, you know, especially yeah. for summer ordinary time when I think it's long mm-hmm. and there's just not a lot going on. And like you said, the readings are from all over the place. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to have maybe a theme through the summer that we can all focus on. Mm-hmm. And we'll need your help, you guys and and you, our listeners. And, you know, we were when we were dreaming about Radical Year, and this is back in October, November, I was like, man, we need a tree that has been uprooted. And if we can get, because you know when you, when you, after a big windstorm, you see like a pine tree mm-hmm. or something, and you just see all those roots, and it's just really cool to look at. I was like, man, I want to get one of those on a flatbed truck and put it up here, like in the entrance <laughs> in front of the church. And that would just be this big visual reminder, you know, and maybe put, put the word rooted on it somehow or other. So we're learning, we're coming in slow, but we want help to really make these things stick. But let's talk a little bit more about your guys' specific faith journeys, where you came from. Mark, you converted to Catholicism? That's right. Yes, I did. Yeah, I remember hearing in the past that you had done that. What's that all about? Did Was that when you met Charlene? She just said, here's the deal, buddy. No, I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, was it before or after? Or what, what was the seminal event there? Well, it, w- it wasn't before. It was after, and it was quite a bit after. 
But, you know, if Shar had a stipulation that I'd like you to become Catholic before we get married, I'd like you to be Catholic so we can be married in the Catholic Church, that would have happened because I was not going to let Shar slip away. You know, she's been the best thing that's happened to me. And, well, that's that's enough of that. Um, no, it was it was a long time after we were married. So I was baptized in the Protestant Church as a young child. I went to church all the time. We were very involved in our church. And when Char and I first... Is this in Northeast Ohio? No, it was in Cincinnati, actually. Okay. Yeah, I grew, up in, I grew up in southwestern Ohio. So when Char and I first started dating in college, you know, I felt that there was a future between the two of us. And on Saturday afternoons, um, she would go to Mass. And I can remember saying, well, I'll go with you. And she said, no, Mark, I'm going to Mass. You, you know, I'm going to the Catholic Church for for the vigil service. And I said, well, I know exactly what it is, but I'd like to go with you. I figured it can't hurt. You know, it can only help if I'm back in church on a regular basis. So, you know, as we were dating, when we got married, as we started to raise a family, I was in I was at Mass all the time, and not just as an observant, but as a participant in different activities in the parish. You know, I'm, I feel fortunate that in my life, a couple of times, I get choked up thinking about this, um, God has reached out and touched me. And at one point, God reached out and touched me. And at that point, I decided now was the time to become Catholic. Prior to that, our padre, Father Wald, had come to me a number of times and said, you know, Mark, um, you know, if you'd like to become Catholic, you know, we've got this RCIA program quick. And I said, no, you know, I was in a good place. My life was good. And I told Father Walt, um, that, that's okay. I'm, you know, I don't need to become Catholic. At one point, it was a culmination of a number of different things that had happened and God reaching out and touching me that I decided that it was time to convert to Catholicism. Shar had gone to Honduras with the, with the mission. I had gone to Appalachia as a, as a chaperone for the youth ministry here. There were just a lot of things that had happened over a relatively short period of time. And one day I had this epiphany that now is the time to become Catholic. So I came home from the office one day and Char said, you know, you're a little bit late. Uh, where have you been? I said, I had a meeting. And she said, oh, really? Like, wh who were you meeting with? And I said, Sister Susan. And she said, Sister Susan? Like, what, what are you meeting with Sister Susan for? I said, well, she heads up RCIA and I'm going to become Catholic. And Char was like, no, really? Like, what are you meeting with Sister Susan for? <laughs> and, well, that was the reality that I had decided to become Catholic. And um, then the next step was to ask somebody to be my sponsor. And so I asked my daughter, Tracy, who was a senior in high school at the time. And Tracy and I went through the RCI program together. And it was um, one of the best adventures of my life, so to speak. That is cool. And to have your daughter, that's beautiful. That was questionable by uh, the RCIA program at first, but um, once they met Tracy and talked with Tracy and realized who she was. They decided that she was the perfect person to be his sponsor. So yeah. they had a great experience together. Oh, that's so, so glad cool. they did it that way. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Charlene? I grew up Catholic. I went to, um, we were at Assumption Paris in Bravi Heights, oh, went okay. to Assumption for grade school and then public um, high school. And I did not do any kind of, I don't think I did any more religion classes after 
uh, eighth grade. Um, but went to church, you know, every week religiously with my parents, my family, and and in college drifted away a little bit here and there, but kind of came back toward the end and fortunate mm-hmm. enough. And then we came to church every week. Sometimes Mark wanted to come more than I did, <laughs> and he wasn't really Catholic, so he would get me moving in the morning and say, we're going, let's go. And we went, and everybody here thought he was Catholic. I mean, there was no question. Nobody mm-hmm. realized he didn't go to communion. You know, I did, and everybody thought he was Catholic. In fact, when he first showed up at the RC, first RCIA meeting, he had people asking him, oh, you joined the team? Are you on the team? You know, what's going on? This is great. You're going to join the team. And he said, no, I'm going through the program. And they just were flabbergasted yeah, because he was here religiously with me and participated and helped out and volunteered and... I never pressured him. You know, I I prayed a lot about it. Mm-hmm. I knew it would happen when it was time. And I didn't love him any less. He was a great man and still is and has a great heart. So I knew mm-hmm. God was watching over him and watching yeah. out for him. And it would happen when it wants time to happen. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In your prayers and right. Father Walt's prayers and I'm sure a lot of other people. All our friends. Oh all gosh. our friends were praying oh. as well. Yes. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah. Well, we are glad. <laughs> Welcome home. So what were the adventures of raising kids and trying to raise them to be faithful? High points and low points? Yeah. We didn't have too many low points. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't think there have been any low points. There've been there, I think there's been a lot of high points. I would tell you one of the high points of raising our children in the faith is that we now have a three-year-old grandson his name is Owen, and Owen is on the first name basis with the pastor, Father Tom, at St. Dom's in Shaker Heights. So I think we've done a very good job of raising our kids in the faith, and they are now doing the same thing with with their children. I can't imagine what it's like to raise children today with the things that they have at their fingertips, on mm-hmm. their phones, on their iPads, that again probably most of us would consider less than wholesome. Yeah. I remember Father Walt saying more than once, if he if he had a smartphone when he was, you know, fifteen, it would have just that'd have been the end of that. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I think we tried to show them um by example a lot how to live, what what to do. Um, you know, we at the time we were both volunteering at a lot of different things. We got involved at St. Catherine's um, did a lot of work down there. They came with us. I, I ran the summer camp down there for a couple of years, and they were with cool. me every day doing that and learning about other people and how they live and the fact that they had never seen Lake Erie before. Just our kids couldn't believe it, you know. But I think some of it's luck. I mean, and, and their friends, you know, we encouraged good friends and mm-hmm. were, watched who they were friends with. And their group of friends wanted to participate in things here at church. So, you know, they both did Appalachia. Uh, Eric did Catholic Art Work Camp. You know, they were involved in TST. They did the retreats. They loved them. Well, you both mentioned some sort of these these big immersion experiences, like Honduras for you, Charlene, Appalachia Service Project for you, Mark, where you see the poorest people in America, and Eric, your son. I went on Catholic Art Work Camp with him uh, a couple times, I think. Uh, how do you see those those moments as sort of punctuating? Because you, you said, Mark, that 
your decision to become Catholic, like a lot of things were happening. Appalachia was happening around that time, and Charlene's trip to Honduras happening. I know for our kids, we are just lining them up. Like, we already know which big week-long things we're going to send them to. Because things happen on those weeks that just don't happen anywhere else. You come to PSR, you come to Life Teen every week. But when you are painting uh, a rundown school in inner-city Dayton, or you are putting a new roof on a trailer home in Appalachia for a guy who wears the same shirt every single day of the week and who goes to the bathroom in a five-gallon bucket and pours it out in the creek behind his trailer home, something happens on those big weeks. I, I, I went to Appalachia. It's it's eye-opening. It's It's humbling to see the way people live, the lack of material things that they have, but the joy that they have in their hearts. Yeah. I experienced the same thing in Apple or in Honduras when I went down on the on the mission trip. You know, they literally have no material things at all, but are extremely happy people. Just just great experiences. Great experiences for our children and just exposing us to the rest of the world and pointing us in the direction to do what we can to help other people. And there's something about the postmodern American mind, especially of young people, when they do not trust authority, they do not trust any institution. They do not trust the media. They do not trust education system. They don't trust the government. They don't trust parents. It's just they don't trust anybody. And they say, I'm not going to believe something until I experience it. And so that's why I think these mission trips, immersion projects are so important. So if you haven't gone on one in a while or ever, and when we start ramping them back up, you listeners out there, sign up. And boy, is it worth a week of vacation, right? Yep, definitely. Even if you uh, can only go alone and you're not spending that week of vacation with your family, it will be worth it because your family will have a new parent come back, a better, more humble, more loving parent. And the same thing for some of these service projects. I mean, they're not cheap. You know, some of these retreats too. But if you can sponsor your niece or nephew or grandson, man, you guys remember, um, well, I won't say his name, but we had this awesome parishioner, you know, come to daily mass and uh, he's since passed away. You know, he just cut a check for 300 bucks just for any kid just to come to Cathcart Work Camp. There's this awesome immersion trip in Colorado called Camp Voitiwa, named after Carol Voitiwa, who became Pope John Paul II, and it is in the mountains. And I mean, you go and they drop you off in the mountains. I mean, you're with trained people, but you're learning how to use maps. You celebrate mass on mountaintops. I mean, it is awesome. And it, it everybody works together and it completely can change your life. Tommy, I think it's a great idea. If there's anybody that's listening that could sponsor somebody, this will be the best gift you could ever give them. This will be a gift that will be with them for the rest of their lives. So you guys have been involved in a lot of different things. Now you're involved with Worship Commission, I'm sure, among other things. And you're involved in Parish Council, and it's just the latest iteration of parish involvement. What are you up to there with uh, with Worship Commission? What even what even is that? <laughs> well, I've been involved in Worship Commission for a very long time, back to the late 90s, actually, believe it or not. 
It's interesting because it changes all the time, but it's the same. So it's kind of cool. And what we try to do is create environments inside the church, in the sanctuary, in the gathering area to enhance the worship experience, I guess probably the best way to put it. It's been great. It's been just a, a phenomenal experience. I've worked with tons of people on the commission mm-hmm. and um it's nice when you get compliments and others yeah. others have their own thoughts about it, you know, of course, and we always invite them to join the commission. They never seem to, but um, it, we listen to what they have to say. Sometimes they have great ideas that they yeah. bring us, you know, so. It's a lot of unsung heroes and unseen hours spent, you know, there's reading liturgical documents, there's researching, there's shopping, you know, there's going through things we haven't used in eight years and being like, okay, what if we combine this with something new? Exactly. And it's all important because our faith is the incarnational faith. We have a Godhead, three persons, one in nature, pure spirit. And then at the incarnation, 2000 years ago, takes on matter, takes on human flesh, human nature, gets a body and and everything reflects around. That's why we have smells at church, like incense. That's why there are bells. That's why we have kneeling. That's why we have genuflecting. That's why we have holy water. That's why we have the sign, the sign of the cross. That's why we have all these things we do with our bodies because the body, like nothing else, reveals the spiritual. It makes visible the invisible. And God will save us through our bodies. And our bodies are important. It's not just a temporary shell but really we're going to get our bodies back that's what we say at the end of the creed every week we're going to get a glorified body back and that's going to be a good thing so it's almost like there's a state of incompleteness when we are in heaven before the end of the world before we get our bodies back mark you're heading up chair and parish council right now i i am as a matter of fact and um and enjoying it tremendously enjoying the opportunity to get more involved in the parish, enjoying the opportunity immensely to get to know Father Ryan. So it's just been, it's, it's been a great experience, as all of our experiences here at St. Basil have been. Well, the theme that comes to my mind of this conversation with you guys is, yes, I'll do it. Like, yes, I will marry you. Yes, I will become Catholic. Yes, I'll give up a week of vacation and go serve the poorest of the poor in Appalachia. Yes, I'll go to Honduras for a week or 10 days and sweat. And yes, I will send my kid on this and spend the money for that. Yes, I'll join this ministry. And yes, I'll come talk on a podcast. Right, exactly. Here we are. Yep, here you are. Here we are, and it's a very good thing. It's a very good thing. So thank you for saying yes so many times, and that is a way, that's that's one of the lessons here, folks, is be the kind of person who everyone recognizes at church. Be the kind of person who, out of the blue, gets nominated or gets a phone call to to, to serve on a council or a commission or be part of a new project. Be the kind of person who makes awesome, great friends at church. I don't care. I don't care what your skills are. There is a way for you to utilize those skills here at St. Basil. There are so many ministries. Getting involved will be a blessing. Trust me. And if you have a love for the intellectual life and the teachings of the church and the profundity of the truths, then you would be great in PSR. You would be great in life team. If you're a goofball, 
you would be great in PSR. You would be great in Life Team. If you're a mixture of both, that's really good. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so like we end all our interview episodes, at least, I think, if you want your faith to go to the next level, if you want to live the adventure, which is life with God that is spontaneous and so joyful and peaceful and heartbreaking, but beautiful, then pray every day. Pick up your rosary beads, crack open the Bible. Every week, go to Mass. Every month, head to the Sacrament of Penance or Sacrament of Reconciliation or called Confession. And every year, make that retreat or pilgrimage. Mark and Charlene, thank you so much for so many years of dedicated and committed service in so many different areas of the parish. And also, just thank you for being happy Catholics. Because even if you never joined a ministry or headed up a commission, being happy Catholics is one of the best ways to bring people to the Lord and show them all the glory and happiness and peace he has in store for them. So thank you so much. It's, it's been our pleasure to be involved in the parish. It's been our pleasure to share our thoughts with all of the listeners out there. And um, good luck in 2021 for all of you. <laughs> thank you. It's been awesome. God bless. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.